The views and opinions expressed by guests on Connected do not necessarily reflect those of Side Street Studio Arts. Episodes may contain adult language. And welcome to Connected, the podcast from Side Street Studio Arts, where we talk to the community about the arts. I'm Erin Rayberg, founder and executive director of Side Street, and I'm back with our Vote Local series about the arts and politics in anticipation of our 2023 local elections for city council and mayor. I'll be speaking to as many candidates as possible about their participation in and views on the arts and culture in Elgin. And today I'm joined by city councilman and candidate for mayor, Corey Dixon. Hi, Corey. Welcome. Hey, Aaron. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Welcome back. Everyone needs to know that Corey is our our most frequent visitor to the podcast (laughs) between running for election and his involvement in the Making Space Project in Elgin. uh, Corey and I have uh, gotten to chat a few times. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's that's cool. That's my claim to fame, you know, I say. (laughs) more than anybody uh, or an elected official, at least. Um, but no, I, I think our art, scenes, our art scene is cool and I, you're super involved, uh, you and your organization along with your husband. And so happy to be here to discuss uh, what's happening locally with our elections. Wonderful. Thank you, Corey. Let's let's dive right in. What's your Elgin story? What do you have to do with Elgin and what does Elgin have to do with you? Elgin has everything to do with me. It has everything to do with how I interact with people, how I carry myself, um, you know, what I think about myself. All of that stuff is tied to tied to Elgin. And what I mean by that is my family came from Chicago to Elgin before I was born, which was 79. And so they went from this urban environment to a suburban environment, even though Elgin has been a city. Uh, and this is where I've grown up and I've been able to watch Elgin go from like more of a suburban type feel to a major uh, metropolis, which is where we're at today. It's like the sixth largest city. And it's like through growing up in this like very diverse community where we have white, we have black, we have Latino, we have Asian, we have a little bit of everything. I've been able to, as a professional, uh, navigate and to communicate and to work with people of various backgrounds, uh, no matter, you know, ethnically or um, or financially, uh, just this very different, just like this melting pot of people and backgrounds here in the community has really like set me up for success, which is also like fueled me to uh, fuel my work in, in public service. And so, um, and I would just like tie that to a time when I just got married it was uh, 2014. It was about 2015, though. I was living downtown, uh, me and my new wife, and there was a public art uh, that was happening. There was a, a uproar about a piece of public art that was happening in the middle of our downtown. And that was like my first foray into like how important public art is and how impactful it can be to people because it really struck a lot of emotions in me and in the community, uh, even if you were on different sides of the coin on that issue. And so that was eye-opening to me because I had never seen firsthand uh, and certainly experienced what 
public art can do to a community. So it's like from there, my thought process and always working on art projects is, okay, what messages are we sending through this art? How are we getting people involved? And so um, with all that being said, I'm so super excited about talking to you about art and just this election cycle because it, all this stuff goes together in this community. Um, and so our art is connected to our, our officials, should be connected to our art, which is also connected to the people in the community. And it's a representation of not just where we are in a moment of time, which I think a lot of art is. It's a representation of, it's like a, a bookmark essentially of that moment in time. But there's also a lot of things that you can do with art that can talk about and show the history. Uh, and then also our futuristic in ways too. Um, so yeah, so that's my that's my, my background and my art story, all that tied up together. That's an interesting, you know, the the American Nocturne mural that we're talking about, which is a whole other conversation, right? Um, mm -hmm. But a really interesting through thread for your time in office up to now through um, the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement to the city of Elgin's Making Space project um, that you've been involved in um, and everything going on with that. Would you mind telling us a, a, a little bit about Making Space? Because I know we've talked about it before and kind of where we're standing with that project right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, the Making Space art project came about through um, the Black Lives Matter movement that occurred or was reinvigorated, I should say, after the after the murder of George Floyd. And that sparked protests across the entire globe. Um, and in Elgin, if we were no different. We had protests here. Um, because those protests were coming, a lot of our downtown businesses um, or organizations boarded up their boarded up their windows in preparation of, you know, I think some thought it was going to be a riot, but there was never any riot. Just let me say that up front. You know, there was never any like upheaval in our community that destroyed property or anything like that. Like those things didn't really occur here. Um, we just have a different type of community. But anyways, um, through the, those um, through those protests and the conversations that occurred, um, there was uh, these boards that went up and a community member by the name of Paige Rover uh, worked with businesses and asked them if it was okay for them to put hope, put, um, um, you know, murals and paintings and sayings of, of solidarity uh, with the movement and just the climate uh, of where we were. Um, and so long story short, after those boards went up and the art was placed on them, it was just so beautiful. Uh, once the protests uh, died down, um, I came along and I said, you know what, we should do something with this, with this art. Like it's, it's beautiful and we shouldn't just destroy it. I want to keep the conversation going. I think that sometimes, Darren, like when we have protests and we're we're talking about um, an unjust system, um, and I think we should definitely protest and we should definitely make our voice heard, but a lot of times the, those conversations, they die out. And so for me, I didn't want that to die out. So I'd, uh, uh, Jennifer Fukala from Downtown Neighborhood Association, to me. Um, I said, I have this idea. She told me about Paige. I had known Paige. We connected. I said, let's, I don't know what we want to do, but let's 
get up all of this art and uh, let's figure out what we can do with it. Uh, and so long story short, from there, we 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 formed a collective uh, which consists of various uh, community members, including uh, city councilwoman Tish Powell. Um, and we came up with this idea of making space uh, to where we were going to not only continue the conversation about social justice and what needed to occur, and just to make sure that we have, we're making that space to talk about it, but we wanted to make sure that we continued. Uh, and, and so now three years later, essentially, we're still talking about the movement. We're still talking about the protest. We're still talking about social justice reform. And we're doing a lot of that in the community off of the um, off of the work of the Making Space Art Project. And so um, I'm super happy and, and just excited and just thankful that I've been able to be a part of it and to be there as a co-founder along with Paige Rover and us working with the city and artists to do that expression. Um, and right now we have a mural up downtown where the other mural used to be, uh, American Nocturne. And then now we also have a documentary that's actually getting ready to drop too uh, in the next two to three months, which um, which captures the entire um, uh, which captures the entire uh, time of um, uh, of protests here in the city. So it's a really wonderful project and long term, you know, which as you mentioned is so important. A few of those boards came out for the Juneteenth celebration and the Elgin History Museum was there to talk about the board ups and and the information surrounding that and making space. And so it's just a really great collaborative effort to, as you say, keep the conversations going and, and art is such a singular way to do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and you just mentioned um, the um, the History Museum, they're a major partner uh, too in this as well. And, and when we think about history in the city, a lot of times it's, it's, it's fostered on historic preservation, which is which is cool, which is really important. Um, and that's great, right? Uh, but this was a different type. This was like, you know, modern history. And so to have them jump on as a partner and just be like, well, we're not just about the historic preservation or the history of our city where this is history, but this is current history, right? And it, we're still in it. Like we're not out of it. We are still in the midst of battles and struggles when it comes to social justice reform. And so for them to jump in with us, with our other partners, it just, you know, it it just made it that much more valuable. Um, and, it, and it has just created to propel the conversation. Beyond making space, what has been your involvement in supporting arts and culture in Elgin, the, the various activities, those sorts of things over the years? Yeah, you know, for for, for me, um, as being a, someone that's on city council, um, you know, we have a, a city councilwoman in Tish Powell who's a liaison to the Cultural Arts Commission. And so um, a lot of times it's me supporting that commission financially and making sure that they have the funds to go out there to solicit or to get the artists that are, you know, that we want to come into the community to create that art. Or if they're already here, of course, that we give them the tools uh, and the, the space to create that art. So I've just been very supportive of the art initiatives. And uh, and so when Amanda, who's the, you know, liaison to everything art in the community, uh, comes up and she's asking for, you know, money for these projects or, um, or telling us or briefing us to counsel on these initiatives, I use my seat to always advocate on the behalf of artists. Uh, 
Um, I use my seat to always speak truth to power and let those persons know that are in our community or outside of our community that want to be involved in the art scene, that this is the place to do it. So I'm advocating not just from that seat, but as I'm going around to different communities, I'm talking to different people about how awesome of an art scene we have here in Elgin, but also like how the opportunities that we do have that we haven't even begun to dive into, um, you know, so it's like, it's not just murals. It's not just, you know, paintings or, or drawings of sort, you know, there are sculptures that I would like to see around the community. Um, there are other instances of public art uh, structures that I would like to see. Um, I want one of my favorite things uh, that I, I that somebody that I'm close to says is, um, you know, let's make Elgin weird. And I think a lot of that you know, like ties back to the art scene and just being this very colorful, vibrant community because we're so 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 ethically, uh, ethnically so diverse. And it's like I just want to I want to demonstrate that I want to push that out to the masses to because that's what that's really to me like that's our calling card is that we're the city and we're super diverse and it's great to talk about it. But to actually be so proud of it that you want to put it on display, that you want to market that and that you want to grow the art scene in conjunction with that, I think is just um, such a so different and unique from anybody around us. And we have the opportunity to do that here. We just got to push the envelope. I, I, uh, the weirder, the better, as far as yeah. I'm concerned, you know, as as someone yeah. who grew up you know, with a creative brain and kind of a weirdo trapped in a normal world, I didn't get to find my fellow weirdos for a long time. So the yeah. weirder, the better, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, no, no, absolutely. You mentioned advocacy, and that is so important, right? Lots of times people will bring up um, attendance, right? And, and of course, people need eyeballs on their creativity. People need to enjoy the beautiful public art that we have. Um, but talking about the importance of art, um, especially if there's uh, city staff or citizens that don't understand the economic driver that it can be, the safety driver that it can be, and the, the community um, embodying and bringing together the activity that it can create, that the conversations and advocacy part of that are so very important. So I, I appreciate you mentioning that. Beyond yeah. that, what do you think is our our city's role in supporting this from from staff to the elected officials acting as as advocates um what more do you think or what do you think the city should do to support this creative environment you know i'm of the mindset that you have to be proactive that you have to be that you have to initiate um that you have to set the ground for the art to occur um and this is not just with, with artists, this is with businesses. Anybody that does anything in this city, they go to city hall first in one way or another to get the thumbs up, right? So you can have a city hall that is not for public art. You can have a city hall that is not for a business-friendly community, and that makes all the difference, right? That's going to stop people from going any further or being allowed to do things. So in my mind, in my seat, um, and, and especially in me 
um, uh, working here now to become uh, become the next mayor of Elgin. You know, I've never as a city council person, I've never been one to like sit back and wait on things to happen. I've always I've always have taken the initiative and I've always have pushed, you know, my city staff uh, and even my colleagues to say, let's not wait on things to happen. Let's be proactive and lead the way. So for me, I think we should be leaders in, in a lot of these things, especially when it comes to art. We have to not only support the Cultural Arts Commission, but we also have to make the dollars available to the community and give them the access that they need and make sure that the codes fit the art that we want so that we can allow people to be creative and not keep people in a box. And that doesn't just happen on its own. Like you, you have to, you have to proactively put those things. You have to be intentional about that. Um, and so, and so what I see my role as an elected official and what I also think the role of uh, my, my colleagues are, um, is to be those advocates to push the envelope and not play it safe. And I think that we have a, a great art scene right now and we have some great murals that have gone up just even recently and i'm seeing some very nice pieces around the city and we have side street uh studios doing great art and doing great work and supporting you know kids of all ages and even adults in their art and not just even in physical art but in all kinds of music and things of that nature all of that is great right but if we turn it up a notch right i just in my mind, I wonder what else can we do, right? Like what other opportunities are out there if we take a little bit more chance, if we if we if we if we switch around some allowed uses of things to give that space for an even more dynamic, uh even even a more dynamic art scene. Um and, and so so those are the things I think about when we're talking about this art, because it's been great so far, but what if we just, you know. What if we just stepped on the gas a little bit more, right? What if we empowered our artists just a little bit more? What if we what if we made the art more accessible? What if we pour, put gave a little bit more money, you know, into uh, where you know, to the commission and to our artists and provided more opportunities? What could we accomplish? Um, and so, when I'm thinking about not just where we are today, but what, what we can be in five years from now, ten years from now. And in some instances, like in the next couple of years, um, the turnaround and the shift and the culture uh, and the and 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 us like setting ourselves apart from every other community, um, like the, the the opportunities out there are immense, and I feel like we have just been stagnant a little bit as a community as a whole, and just like going with the flow with a lot of these things and. That, you know, that's a part of why I've decided to run for me. I, I don't want to be status quo. I don't want to be stagnant. I don't want to be dry. I want to be weird. I want to say, well, I want people outside this community to be like, what the heck is this? What the heck is this going on in the city? How are they doing these things? What is happening? Like, I want to stay. I want us to stand out. I want us to try some stuff. And it doesn't mean that we're going to succeed in every level and everything that we're going to do. We're going to make some mistakes. But what what artist doesn't? You know, what 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 community is perfect? Um, and so that, you know, this, so that really just like bleeds into 
you know, why I'm here, you know, why, why I chose to run for city council in the first place, why I've been so ultra involved in the level that I have been uh, throughout the city, in particular in the art scene. Why do I advocate uh, for social justice issues? I Because if we need to push the envelope. I'm not comfortable with the status quo and we're better than what we present. And I think we want more. And I think that the residents in the, in the community deserve more. And I believe I can deliver that. And so that leads me to, is this why now run for mayor, right? Why yeah. you, why now run for mayor? Right. I, I think that we're really right now at a, in a, in a time in society where we are essentially, we're in a generational shift. Um, it's a philosophical one. It's a political one. Uh, it's an approach. Um, it's a marketing, it's economic development, it's uh, social services. I, For me, I think differently about how to take care of a community. And um, with me thinking differently, I have a different approach because I have a different background. My background is in social services. I worked for the Illinois Department of Human Services for years as a caseworker. So I just, I think about and care about people in a different way than, than my colleagues will just simply because of my professional experience. I think about things differently than uh, a lot of people do just because of what a lot do with like what I look like, what I've experienced, what I've seen. And so when I think about like those attributes and my professional experiences and where I'm currently at uh, in my life with my family and my kids and wanting to have a better community for them to for them to inherit a better community than than I even inherited. I think about that future 10, 15, 20 years from now, and not just the next term about what could this community be if we really just turned it up across the board, if we really just went out there and went for the things that we that we wanted. So for me, it's it's economic development throughout the city, but specifically uh, also specifically in our downtown. Um, you know, I would like to make Elgin the entertainment uh, the entertainment hub of the entire Fox Valley. There's no reason why we can't have the restaurants and the shops, the moms and pops that are in our downtown to, to be in our downtown. Um, we should be having walkable, uh, walkable downtown community where it's it's never, you know, it, it's never dry, so to speak, right? Um, but you, these things just don't happen on their own. You know, there are opportunities out there that we're just not even going for. Right. Or that we're just late to the table in doing or we just we just don't try because we just have a um, a risk adverse approach to things. And so we are so so cities uh, are passing us, passing us up in these ways and they're taking some of these opportunities and it's, and it's paying great dividends. Right. And, and so. I want us to do tremendous things together and work with our and work with the residents and work with our business owners to accomplish these things. It's not rocket science to me. It's just getting it done, you know, working with people, planning, goal setting, you know, it's and so that's why that's why I'm running. I think that people in our community really yearn for the kind of leadership that I provide, which is let's all get in the boat together and accomplish some great things. Right. Um, we don't own the seats as elected officials, uh, you know, and I'm just here to serve and to make this community uh, the help make this community better than what it was when I inherited it, inherited it uh, as an elected official. 
so that's that's why I'm here. That's why I'm running. That's why I care. Um, I just want us to be better. I want us to do more. We're, you know, we're talking about arts and culture, but you mentioned a few things there. What other issues are kind of at the forefront of your mind for your 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 platform? Yeah, so um, homelessness uh, is is an issue for me. Um, it always has been since the first time that I ran. I've been an advocate for that too as well on city council and pushing for the resources for the community, for that portion of our community who's not just homeless, but some are houseless. Some people are couch surfing. Some people um, are, are living out of their cars. You know, this is a this is a crisis to me. Um, that also ties back to the economic development of, of our community. If we don't take care of people, uh, we can't have that. Uh, we can't have the economic development like we would like inside of our downtown. Um, so we have to address the human portion of our community. To get them to get people the help that they need, so they become self-sufficient, um, so that that then also uh, that then also just helps the economic development in our downtown and throughout our community. Um, so homelessness is one economic development. Uh, I, I already talked about public safety is also super important to me, and I just don't mean public safety when it comes to policing, um, you know, but. Uh, also, too, with our lead pipes, we have a huge lead pipe issue, majority of which is on the east side of town, which is a majority black and brown portion of our community um, who are having these lead pipe issues. And what we're hearing right now is that, oh, it's going to be 20 years and eh? we, we don't we can't afford <laughs> We can't afford to have to wait 20 years to get this stuff done. We have to expedite it. But if we're just going to say, oh, well, we're not going to do it unless we get the money to do it. And it just is what it is like. That doesn't make me I'm uncomfortable with that. Like we should definitely be doing more. And that ties into the sustainability portion of it, too, because when it comes to sustainability, there are multiple types right there. There's environmental sustainability uh, for sure. Right. But sustainability issues affect mostly affect probably black and brown people more than anybody in the than anybody in the community especially as it relates to uh, these lead pipes um and so when i'm when i'm thinking about sustainability and i'm thinking about homelessness i'm thinking about people and making sure that kids are taken care of that seniors are taken care of when it comes to economic development we are growing economically when it comes to uh, manufacturers who are you know building uh building uh, infrastructure on the west side of town and they're moving their companies here like that's all great but we have to diversify uh, the ways in which we're getting those tax dollars uh, we have to go after new industries we can't just allow the same types of organizations to continue to come into our come into our community because if we don't diversify that then we find ourselves in a way you know in a situation you know like we did with the watch factory essentially just one employer one type of thing and and, and so we have to guard against that so i'm thinking about um, marijuana dispensaries. Uh, I'm thinking about uh, craft growers uh, who can come here and manufacture. Like this is a new bustling in, uh, industry, and there's a lot of tax dollars that can help this community. Because I'm gonna tell you, if we don't do some of these things and find new avenues for tax revenue, the next thing that people are going to be talking about uh, is raising your property taxes. Property taxes have been able to be flat. That's been able to be flat, but your, your gas taxes went up. Your water has gone up. Um, you know, things that the municipality provides, those fees have gone up. Those are all indicators that 
your property taxes are getting ready to go up. We just hired 16. I feel like I'm rambling right now, but I got to get a lot of information. (laughs) But we just hired like, I believe like 16 uh, employees, new employees for the city. Uh, Well, we just budgeted for it. We're still in in the midst of hiring all those folks. But we're talking about we're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars in salary. We're talking about millions in legacy costs. Um, and we, we're doing all of that in one year because we have not traditionally hired the proper amount of staff um, and have always played it safe and we've tried to cut corners. And then it comes back to bite us, right? So it's so so for me, it's you know, it's planning effectively for the future to make sure that what we do is sustainable, um, but also looking into all of these areas and devising plans to you know to take care and eliminate homelessness to build ourselves up economically inside of downtown and out um and just to continue to provide a thriving community a thriving art scene a place where people feel comfortable and that they feel like they belong um and that they want to come out and make this community everything that it possibly be possibly can be and i think if we do that I think it changes like the whole entire landscape. I think that it it, it changes like the way that people uh, come out and vote as far as the numbers are concerned, which are are traditionally low. But if you have a community where people don't necessarily feel a part of it, they don't feel connected to their elected officials, if they don't feel connected to those resources, that's a problem. And then they don't end up turning out to... We have a we have the Lawrence Park pool that is that was just voted to remain closed uh, another season. Um, that's a problem to me. We have the Eastside Rec Center that has remained closed. That's a problem to me. And all these things are happening on the east side of town. That's a problem to me. That's all of these things. When you add up all these things, not only like that, I care. It's also a part of why I'm running and I'm just not offering up, oh, this is a problem, but I'm offering these solutions. This is what we should be doing. We should be looking at different ways that we can make sure that we can open up our east side pool in in Lord's Park. We should be looking at ways and that we can repurpose the east side rec center in ways that were similar to its past usage, because that was a place where kids in the east side of town could go. Right. So if you take that stuff away, take those those amenities away from the east side of town while they're also uh, battling the lead pipes. Right. While we're also having uh, gunshots on mostly on the east side of town and we're having that type of those types of activities like you're you're deserting an entire group of people. Um, And so that just does. I'm just not comfortable with just sitting back. And saying, oh, well, that's just the way things are. There's nothing we can do. We have to let the market uh, correct things, you know, and 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 I just think that's just a, a antiquated way uh, of thinking and an antiquated approach to solving modern issues. So it's such a big jump to care about your community to go through a whole election and run for office. What are some of the things that are are keeping you feeling positive as you're canvassing in the freezing freezing cold? I'm sure you're getting cold. And all of that, this like slog of a campaign. What what are you hearing? What are the good bits about it? <laughs> well I'm I, I stay I'm gonna say I stay positive because <clears throat> 
I'm doing things for the right reason. When, so, you know, I'm a spiritual guy, right? And, you know, and, and for me, like, I feel like it's my calling, you know, like public service is what God created me for. Like, this was the task that he set inside me from a young age. And I discovered it as a, as a young adult, but that was something that was always in me. So when I'm walking in my purpose, um, and I'm getting up every day and I'm doing the advocacy and I'm, you know, I'm sitting on boards and commissions and I'm fighting and arguing for residents on behalf of residents to get this done or to stop this from happening and things of that nature. It makes me happy. <laughs> so, so this is a, so this, so public service is a joy to me. So when I'm out there and I'm campaigning and I'm talking about my candidacy and I'm talking to people about what they care about and the ideas that they have for their own community. Like I'm encouraged because a lot of them are super positive, right? You know, you come across some people sometimes who are just like, oh, it's terrible. But be honest with you, like that's very far few in between. You know, I, I think that people recognize that we have a good community, but they but we could be doing more. And so normally that's my conversation. And so when I'm knocking on these doors and I, or I'm shoveling someone's driveway and it's freezing cold outside, it's below zero and my feet are numb, my hands are numb, I'm hungry, you know, because a brother got to eat, you know, but I'm out here knocking on these doors. It's like, and I'm having these conversations, it's like for a minute, it's, it's for a going from one house to the other house, like that, that interim, like it's tough, but when I knock on that door and someone answers, like I forget it all. And it's like, hey, how you doing? You know, so so that's so that's the way I think about it. That's the way I approach it. Uh so for me, it, it was a it was a joy from the get-go, anyways. Um, but yeah, when it gets cold outside and it, you're tired and you're hungry, you know, for me, that's when I dig in. That's not the time to quit. Uh, because I mean I'm I'm on the verge of something. So yeah. Corey, is there anything else you want anyone to know about you that we haven't covered? <clears throat> what do I want people to know? You know what? Um, <clears throat> I'm a normal guy. I think that sometimes, well, at least I thought about this, and I think that maybe some people think think like this. Um, I think that sometimes, a lot or a lot of times, people believe that elected officials are, you know, like they grow up with a silver spoon in their mouth. They're all knowing, you know, they're arrogant. Um, they're just, you know, just all these different adjectives. And and I just want people to know and realize, like, I'm just a normal guy. You know, I I work for a living. Um, you know, I'm married. I got I have three daughters um, who sometimes like me. Sometimes they don't. <laughs> you know, I'm a dog owner now. Um, you know, my family is in town. Uh, I'm completely invested here in this community. And I genuinely, I genuinely love everybody. I don't care like what your background is. Like I find something good in everyone. And, um, you know, in addition to that, you know, I, you know, I still love video games. Like, <laughs> like I'm just, I'm really, I'm really, I'm, I'm just really just a normal guy. Like, I love to read. I love to research. Um, you know, I, I I'm at church on Sundays with my family. You know, I'm just I'm just a normal guy, just like everybody else. 
um, and I'm trying to figure it out and do the most good while I have the opportunity to. So that's what it's about for me. And that's what I want people to really understand is that all of these things and my experiences and my background, all of those things created who people are hearing right now and who people surround the community. It's, it's not by coincidence that I'm here. It's not by coincidence that I'm running for mayor and to become uh, to be in a historical run at that because I would become the first black mayor of, of our city. Um, that history isn't lost on me, especially since we're in Black History Month, right? Um, so these, so these, all these aspects of me that you know, I normally don't get to talk about from the dais because we're dealing with, you know, real business, you know, in, in the city. I just want people to know that for me, like I genuinely care about every resident in the community. I genuinely care about their well-being. I want to make sure that they all have great paying jobs. I want their kids to get the best education possible. I want the families to have the most opportunity in our community to be involved and to know what's happening and to know uh, the people who are making the decisions on their behalf. Like, I, I just want to better my community. And I and I and I love you, I Aaron. I love you. People listening, I love you. Like I, I don't. I, some of you, I don't even know, but I love you. And I think that's hard for people to fathom, and they probably don't hear like an elected official say that. But I genuinely, I genuinely just love people, and I love service, and that's what I was created to do. So I'm walking. Uh, I'm walking in my anointment, like I'm walking in the spirit of of what I was created, and so I'm a happy guy. Um, and I love comedy specials. You know, I went to go watch Kevin Hart comedy special. Me and the wife, we went on a little date. Oh man, it was awesome. So, I, so I'm just <laughs> was it I'm at sorry, a huge I'm, place? I mean, he's selling out like huge, giant oh venues God. now. It was at it was at the United Center, <laughs> and we were like up in the nosebleeds, right? So we're up in the nosebleeds, but it was an amazing show. Okay, I digress. But my point is, is that Corey is a normal guy. You know, Corey is here because he cares, because he loves people. And I just want to do the most good I can possibly do while I have the opportunity to do so. I have to me. tell anyone listening, Corey, looking into the camera and saying, Aaron, I love you. I blush a little, you know, again. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. That's Corey, so funny. if people want to find out more about you or your campaign, where should they go? Yeah. Um, they could go to my website, which is CoreyDixonForMayor.com. They can find me on all social media platforms, uh, Twitter, IG, Facebook, Snapchat. Uh, I even have a TikTok. I, I, I do, but I don't. I have never really used it, except for I, like I do these dances with my daughter. I was so going to say, are you dancing on there? <laughs> yeah, hey, I do these things with my daughter, you know, so, but all of them are, uh, my handle is Corey Dixon True. So C-O-R-E-Y Dixon, D-I-X-O-N, True, T-R-U. You can find me on all the social media platforms. Uh, reach out to me too. You know, uh, you can give me a call, 224-717-6936. That's my personal sale. And I'm probably crazy for giving it out, but I've been giving it out. So whatever. Um, so I'm not hard to find. You know, I'm in these streets. So <laughs> 
So, so holler at me, give me a call. Uh, always, you can email me. You can find that stuff at the website. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm easy to find. I'm accessible. I want to hear from you, um, even if it's, it's not always good. So, yeah. I know Corey is with me when we want to encourage people to get out and vote. Early voting starts Monday, March 20th. The big day is Tuesday, April 4th. Make your plan to get out and vote. Mm-hmm. And for Cook County, it starts March 10th. Early voting starts March 10th for Cook? Yep. Cook and Kane County, two different days. March 10th is Cook County. The 20th is Kane County. Make your plans. And when you go to the polls, don't go alone. You know, bring your bring your spouse, your significant other, your kids, your neighbors, your friends, like spread the word. We show up and we show up at the polls we 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 make we make quick work and so but people just have to show up at the polls so that's just the biggest thing here councilman Corey dixon thank you so much for joining me for the third time the hat trick podcast on <laughs> connected everyone be sure to listen to all of these episodes and get your vote local plan together um follow side street everywhere side street is and thank you all for listening in have a wonderful day thanks Corey. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Side Street. You guys take care. Appreciate you all listening to me. Connected is a Side Street Studio Arts production. Music by Tanner Melvin. Produced by Nick Mataragas. To find out more about Connected and all the great things Side Street Studio Arts offers, please visit sidestreetstudioarts.org.